Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. So today, we're going to start uh, a new series, and it really, it's a lot of, it's, it's about three different series we're going to be covering. And we're going to cover a letter, another epistle of the New Testament. We're going to cover the book of Ephesians. And when we cover the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, uh, we're going to cover it with series. And so uh, it is really good to cover books of the Bible. There's six or six of them. It's really good to cover them uh, because a lot of times uh, I used to teach really just all topical. And I want to be able to do both because there's value in both. There's value in going uh, verse by verse, and there's value in uh, doing a topical study uh, where you really is concentrated, whether it's the end times or whether it's a different uh, a, a topic dealing with what's going on in the culture, uh, whatever it is, we're going to do both with the book of Ephesians, the letter to of Paul to the Ephesians. We're going to cover it uh, with, I'm going to try to use Three different breakdowns of Ephesians. One will be uh, our position in, in, as a believer. And another one will be our practice as a believer. And the last one will be our, the power and the protection of a believer. And that, that's very important. Very, very important. But we're going to cover those things starting this week with the position of a believer, because I believe that if you really don't know your your your, your position, it's not going it's not going to do a lot to help us to practice what we're supposed to be doing. And so God wants us to know our position. When you know your position, you can you can then practice those things that He wants you to practice. And we're going to probably not. Uh, get into uh, Ephesians today, we're going to introduce it. And we're going to introduce it with the Gospel uh, of John. And we're going to go to verse 14. Let's go there. Uh, verse 14, I mean chapter 14, and we're going to do verse 1. Now, I believe that this is such an important, important thing that we're going to talk about today as far as our position in Christ. I was reading this, well, I, in, my, my, in my study, I'm in, I think, Second Timothy, uh, in my own personal devotions, but when, when I was, God directed me to this verse here, verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled. Now, he's talking to his, his disciples, he's talking to his you know, the, the 12, and, and, and he was saying to them, I, I don't want your heart, it means your, your, your mind, I don't want your, your will, I don't want your emotions to be troubled. I, I don't want it all disturbed and stirred up. I don't want that. I want you to believe in God and believe in me. That's what he's saying here. Now, now, obviously, we know he's about ready to go 
uh, to the cross. He's about ready just before this time here, as uh, soon as this uh, dissertation is over in, in 1415 and probably uh, some of 16. He's getting ready to go to Gethsemane. And he knows that they're going to be troubled. When it says, do not be troubled, obviously they are being troubled. And it's in the present tense, and when it's in the present imperative tense, it's telling them that I want you to stop doing something that you are doing. When it's negative, do not. Now if he says that I want you to um, love me with all your heart, and if it was in the present imperative, it would mean I want you to continue to love me. So it can be used two different ways. And when it has not in it, it's telling them, I know you, your, your, your heart is being troubled. I know that. But I don't, I don't want it to be troubled. Now, why does God not want our heart to be troubled? Why don't he want us all stirred up? Why, don't, why, why doesn't he want us to be you know, all in anxiety about things. Why doesn't he want that? Well, he tells us that I want you to believe in God. In other words, have faith in God. And also have faith in me, he's saying. Now, why would him saying that, why, did he, why would he believe that would make an impact on us? Well, as we were singing, we're not just singing words when, when we worship God with music. Uh, they were singing, no one greater. Is it anybody greater? No, there's no one greater. No one greater. Is it anybody higher? No one higher. No one, no one greater. How about powerful? Is there anybody more powerful than God? No. Well, then, he's telling them, and he's telling us, and I believe that that's what it can, it can be to us today, is believe that then. Believe in who God is. Believe it. And also, he's saying, believe in me. Believe in me. The Son of God. Believe it. He says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. And the King James said mansions. And I know that, you know, you, you really would like the word mansions better because when English, we're thinking in the United States mansions, oh, man, we must have about a, about a 6,000 square foot home, you know, about six bedrooms. And we, we're thinking mansions, mansions, you know, but it means dwelling places, abodes, places of of where you're going to stay. And he says that if it were not true, I, 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 wouldn't, I, would, have, I would have told you if I go to prepare, prepare a place for you. So he, he's trying to comfort them. He's trying to encourage them. He's trying to tell them, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come again, and I'm going to receive you to myself, and where I am, there will be, you'll be also. That's comforting. Do you know that that's where we're going to be? Where he is, that's where we're going to be. He's already told us that when he says that you see it with he in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I, I believe that this is comforting words for us. 
whatever is bothering you, maybe today, maybe in the future, maybe in the past, that the enemy might want to bring back, I don't want your heart to be troubled about anything. Anything. I don't care what it is. Anything. He says that do not let your heart be troubled. Now, now let's just stop there because some of you uh, read the book of John before and probably maybe stood out. It, it, it didn't to me. I didn't put these two together. When in chapter 13, verse 21, it told us something that's very, very important. Let's look at that verse. When Jesus has said this, he, what he said in, in um, chapter, in, in verse 20, 19, all that. He, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you that one of you will betray me. And, of course, he was talking about Judas Iscariot. Now, had any of you really thought about that? He's telling them in chapter 14, twice, really, in, in, in verse 27, also 14, do not let your heart be troubled. But it says over here, Jesus became troubled in spirit. Now, why would he tell us, don't let our heart be troubled, if his heart was troubled? Well, see, it didn't say that Jesus was troubled in his heart, did it? It didn't say that. It said that he became troubled in spirit. There is a difference between being troubled in your heart and being troubled in spirit. Okay. Uh, just for uh, sake of so you can see it, let's go to First Thessalonians. Let's go to chapter 5 verse 23. And let's look there. Because most of you have this memorized. And it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your, may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The King James says it's a little bit different. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the same way. Now, now think about it. He's saying here that I want you to be sanctified holy. I want your whole spirit and body and soul be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that tells me that the spirit, which is pneuma in the Greek, is different from your soul. It's different from your soul. It's different from your body. 
So if it's different, then Jesus could have said to us, I don't want your soul to be troubled. But he was troubled in his spirit. See, because our soul will be our mind, it will be our will, our intellect, it it will be that part of us, and that part is where we get our feelings from, our soul. That part is where you you get anxious, you you, you start perspiring, you get angry, you you want to hit somebody, you know you want to cry, you you get scared, and you don't want to be around uh, whatever is making you fearful. That's that part of us, our soul, but. And our soul will cause our body to react. But our spirit man, where we interact with God, is a little bit different. Okay. So I just wanted to, to bring that up to you. Let's go back to uh, where we were in, in John. I just wanted you to, to see that because we see we have some studious people in here. And I know that you would and some, some, even some commentaries will say that, that well, to be, to be troubled in your heart is not really sin because Jesus was troubled. So being troubled is not sin. Wait a minute. If we know that Jesus didn't sin, it's impossible for Jesus to be telling us not to do something if he himself was doing it. Do you understand that? So I don't care what a commentary would tell you. Uh, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't compute. If Jesus said don't do it, he means don't do it. That's what he means. And he's not going to do anything he tells you not to do. Because you're not going to do anything that you tell, tell your children not to do. Is that correct? Right? Yeah, that's right. Let's go over to verse 10. Verse of chapter 14. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? Well, our position in Christ is important. And it was important to Jesus. And he's telling them, do you not believe that I am in my Father? I'm in the Father. That's my position. I'm in the Father. And the Father's in me. They have unity, in other words. They have unity. They have oneness. They are one in heart. They are one in mind. They are one in purpose. And he's also said that about us. You'll see it in a minute. I do not speak on my own initiative. And we shouldn't speak on our own initiative either. But the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, he says again, and the Father is in me. That's how our unity, our oneness. Otherwise, if you can't believe that, believe because of the works themselves. That's what he's telling you. Believe it just because of the works themselves. Because he knows that if they are in the, in the flesh, if they can't really 
see the spirit realm and understand there is a reason why Jesus was able to do the works. There's a reason. And they might not understood that I can do the works because I'm in the Father. And the Father's in me. We are one. And so whatever he does, I do. Whatever he says, I say. That's the way we work. We're one. We move together. But if you can't believe that, you have to be able to believe it because of the works I do. You know I'm not doing no work. If, if, if I can do works, then why don't you do them if you're not in me and I'm not in you? Just try to do something apart from me. That's what he's saying. Then in verse 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What does that got to do with being in him and being in and everything. Well, you, you, you understand that if you're in the Father, you're in love. You're in love. Position in love. Because God is love. And so therefore, if you're positioned in love, you need to keep his commandments because his commandments is boiled down to one word. Love. Love. Love others. Love. Love me. Love others. Then he says that I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. And he will, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. Because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, what's our position? Our position is in Christ, aren't we? Another scripture said, our life is hid with Christ in God. That's a scripture. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is God. Is that correct? And then he comforted, he's comforted them a little bit more. He's saying, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. Because in a child, and we are children of God, in a child, if you take the father away, if you take the parents away, they start getting troubled and, 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 and kind of disturbed because they don't have anybody that's going to take care of them. They don't have anybody that they're they going to look to. They don't have anybody that's going to love them through thick and thin. And he says that, I'm not going to leave you as often. I'm going to come to you. Then it says in verse 20, In that day you will know that I am in the Father. And then he goes a little further. And you in me and I in you. Isn't that, isn't that the same thing he said? Uh, uh, don't you know that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? If you don't believe that, believe it for the works sake, you know, the works I do. And he's now saying that, hey, look, here, here, here's, here's, let me give you another revelation. I'm in you and you in me. Ooh. Then he says that in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode 
our dwelling place. We're going to stay. We're going to dwell with him. Whoever he or she is, we're going to be with him. Wow. What's our position as a believer? We are positioned in God. Are we not? We're positioned, we're positioned in the one that's no one higher. We're positioned in the one that's no one greater. We're positioned in the one that is no one more powerful. We're positioned in the one that he says that no one can take, can snatch you out of my hand. We're positioned with the one that says that I can cause dry bones, or army of dry bones, in the valley of dry bones, to just raise up and be another army that's really alive again. If, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. This is the one that raises the dead. This is the one that created... Uh, this is the one that created Adam out of the dirt. dirt. I mean, all the, 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 the eyes, the nose, the, the, the heart, the veins, the arteries, and every organ. He created just out of dust. He's the one that created Eve. Uh, he, he, he made her, didn't he? Yeah. Out of just Adam's rib, he just took it and, and just fashioned her. I mean, this is the one that takes care of everything, all, all mankind, all the birds, all the animals, take care of all of them, destroys them, and then says to Noah and his wife and his three sons and their uh, three wives, go replenish the earth. It's a wow. Wow. I will, I will never destroy the earth again with rain and water. And for, for this covenant I'm making with all mankind and animal kind, all creatures, I'll put my bow in the sky, and when it rains, we see a rainbow. And this has been how many years ago he said this? And we still see rainbow. And we are in him. We are in him. What do we have to be troubled about? What do we have to be troubled about? I don't care if, if you've been diagnosed with some, something that they found a name, because they always find a name for something. They find a name for, have you ever noticed that on, on TV a lot of times? They got all these funny names, all these drugs, you know, and, and, and they got all these funny names. Okay? They're making up names for people. They put initials on things, you know, uh, and, and, and I said, wow, God is above all that, isn't it? Any name that man can call you, God's above it. He's above it. Any condition you may have, God's above it. That's why a man could be lame from birth. And through belief in Jesus Christ, he just raised him up. He gets up and he walks. He skips. He, and how can somebody not ever walk from birth, walk, you know, without, you know, going through the baby stage, you know. He's leaping, jumping, you know. Because it's God. We are positioned 
in him. In him. Now verse 27 of chapter 14 says, Peace I leave with you. Now, 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 that, that would be, that would be good. That would be good if somebody said, hey, I left you something to eat in the, in the refrigerator. I left you something to eat. Well, you can choose to, to eat it or not. Yeah. You can choose it, let it stay there spoil. But then he says that this is not just any piece I'm talking about now. Because, see, some of you might think that, you know, well, I have a choice. He, he left us peace, but, oh, you know, man. He doesn't understand me. He's going a little bit further. He says that, no, 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 no. This is not just any peace. He says, my peace. I give you. I'm giving it to you. You know, I said my peace, I'm leaving with you. But uh, because, you know, he's going away, so I'm leaving my peace with you. But he said, no, 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 no. I don't believe you understand. My peace. My peace. I'm giving you. I'm giving it to you. This is a gift. And Jesus is a prince of peace. Is he not? He's a prince of peace. What disturbs Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing disturbs his heart. Nothing gets him all agitated, irritated, where he he can't do nothing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. You know, uh, the devil, he's... You know, he's gaining ground. He's gaining ground. You know, all this stuff is going on. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Can somebody help me? Has he, ever, has he ever called out to you in a dream or a vision and said, Help me. Help me. I need help. I need help. Can, can you help me? Emily, can you help me? Has God ever said that to you? No. We said that to him, but he's not going to say that to us. Why? He doesn't need our help, does he? What is it that he can't do? He said, well, the devil is serious. I mean, it's a serious thing. It's demons out here. It's unclean spirits out here. Jesus must don't know that. Man, he can take him at any time and put him in chains, throw him in the pit, and lock him up and say, don't you come out until... A thousand years is up. He can do that, can't he? Matter of fact, he's going to do it. And so the devil knows that. Demons know that. You know, they, they know. They know. They, hey, what, 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 hey, they'll tell themselves, hey, what, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? Don't, 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 don't put us away. Don't, don't make us go to the dry place. Hey, let's go in the pigs. They, 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 they had to ask for permission, don't they? This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. The Father owns everything. Owns everything. What do we have to be troubled about? Now, I know some atrocious things have happened to you, me, and your loved ones. There's no way, no reason to be troubled because Jesus knows it's going to happen before it happened. Didn't God know that? Or was he, you think he was surprised? He's not surprised. He knows it's going to happen. But he will take that and turn it into good. Will he not? All things work together for good for those who love God is called according to his purpose. Is that right in Romans 8? Is that right? All things. All things. So therefore, he can do whatever he wants to do with anything and with anybody. Then he says in chapter 15, over in verse 16, 
He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Do you know that we are chosen? Now, he's talking to the, uh, the apostles here, the, the disciples, so he did choose them. But he chose us too. He says that you did not choose me. I chose you. Do you think we can now stand around and say, Jesus didn't choose me. I chose him. No. 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 No, no, no. And appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. So that there's a reason. There's a reason why he wants to be fruitful. There's a reason why he wants us to glorify him. him. There's a reason why he chose us. There's a reason why he's sending us out just like he sent them. He says, I send you also in, in John chapter 17. And it says here that so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's why I, that's why I chose you. That's why I uh, sent you out. That's why I want you to be fruitful. Because I want the Father glorified. And I know that if you're in me, I'm in you, just like the Father is in me and I'm in the Father, and whatever I ask the Father, he does. That means that whatever you ask me, I do. I'm going to do it. Whatever it is. Because I don't do anything, Jesus said, on my own initiative. Nothing. So that means that we're not going to do anything on our own initiative, is it? That's right. We're not going to do anything on our own initiative. We're going we're gonna to say, I'm saying what the Father's saying. I'm saying what Jesus said. I'm doing what Jesus said. We are one. I don't move any way apart from the word of God. I don't step outside of this word. Whatever the word says, that's what I do. Is that, is that how we are? Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be, isn't it, right? So therefore, if we ask anything, it's going to be to glorify him. Is that correct? It's going to glorify him. And he's, he's glorified that we bear fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit, and that means that, that, that uh, uh, the, the, the influence of the Spirit in our life is that we have love. We have joy. We have peace. Is that correct? Yeah. Goodness, kindness, temperance, all those kind of things. We, we have the fruit of the Spirit. So anything we, we ask, it's going to be to generate more love, more peace. Isn't it? Yeah. So when you ask God things, you need to ask him according to what his word says. God, help me to love more like you love. He'll answer that. He'll answer that. Help me to see them as you see them. He'll answer that. Help me to be more like you. I don't want my personality to rule me. I don't want my, you know, just the way I was brought up to rule me. 
I want to uh, overcome all those things so I can react like you, speak like you, see what you see, do what you do. He will answer that. Won't he? He's going to answer that. Now, if you say, call down fire on them because they didn't speak to me. Oh, he's not going to answer that. Is he? He's not going to answer that. He's not going to answer that. The, the, the disciples asked him that. Hey, do you want us to call down fire on them? You don't know what spirit you are. See? Oh, I'm telling you. God is good. Let's uh, end in uh, John 16, chapter 16, verse 33. It says here, These things I have spoken to you so that in me, oh, our position, our position, the position of a believer, a position of someone who trusts Christ, a, a believer position is that, have I not spoken these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace. We can't have peace outside of him. We can't have peace outside of him. Only peace is in him. Because while we're, when we're in him, we're one with him. We're thinking like him. Our mind is on things that his mind is on. So we can have peace. I don't care what, the peace of God is a, uh, it's like a, a state of the soul where it's assured of his salvation. We can have peace on the day of judgment because we fear nothing from God because we are one with him. We are one with him. We have an intimate relationship. He's in us. We're in him. What are we going to fear on the day of judgment? There's no fear. No fear whatsoever. And so whatever situation we find ourselves in in this life, right now, or later on, or in the past, whatever we find ourselves in, we can be content in that situation knowing that he has it under control. He doesn't want us to be agitated. He doesn't want us to be disturbed because he says, believe in the Father, believe in me, you're in me, I'm in you, the Father's in me, I'm in the Father, we're all one, the Holy Spirit is in you, we're one, and there's no one higher, there's no one greater, no one can pluck you out of our hand. We know what's going on. We're going to bring you through. You don't understand why we created you. We created you to bear fruit, not according to your situation. We want you to bear fruit according to what's going to bring glory to the Father. That's what he wants us to do. So he says that in this world, you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. What is it that Jesus has not overcome? What is it that he has not overcome? He's, took, he's taken death. He's taken the keys of 
death and Hades is nothing. He led captive the, all the. He led captive, captivity captive. Satan is, is, is. If we saw Satan, if Jesus just opened our eyes so we can see him, we'll say, Is he the one that's calling all this trouble? Him? The, the scripture says that. See, when you don't see somebody, they make themselves out to be big and bad, right? Until they get face-to-face with you, and you'll see how little and insignificant they are when 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 it's compared to you in him because you have on the whole arm of God, and if you have on the whole arm of God, and you meet the Isabisi spider, Satan, he sees God because you have on God's armor. You see, he sees you. And what does he say? What did the demon say? Oh, Paul I know. Jesus I know. And he can, he can say, John I know. Jason and Julie, I know. I, 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 I know them. I know them. But who are you? But in him, he didn't have to ask us anything because he sees who we are. He sees, like the Apostle Paul, man of God, my goodness gracious, Deborah, woman of God, Oh, my goodness gracious. He sees them. He doesn't mess with them. He doesn't mess with them. Rahab, who used to be a prostitute, he doesn't mess with them. He doesn't mess with us. Does he mess with Rahab? He doesn't mess with Rahab. He, could, he used to do it before she came into the camp. Oh, this is right. Until she changed, until she started believing in God, he couldn't mess with her. He couldn't mess with her. He can't mess with you as long as you're positioned in him. So today, I want to encourage us that we're positioned for victory. We're positioned. We're positioned. And next week when we uh, get into the first chapter of Ephesians, do you know that in him, in Christ, in the beloved, out of the first 14 chapters, which we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about the, the first chapters, the first, first, first verses, the first 14 verses of chapter 1, the first 14 verses of chapter 1, you know how many times that's mentioned? In Christ, in him, in the blood, 10 times in 14 verses is mentioned. We're in him, we're in Christ, we're in the beloved. He, 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 he's telling the Ephesians what he told the, the apostles. You are in me. You are positioned for victory. And so when we receive the communion today, don't, 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 don't take this lightly because we are in him only because of the blood that he shed, because of the price he paid for our salvation. 
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.